Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Now if you go back and you can look at all of my old blog articles or if you read some of the um, different things that I've written for other publications, etc., you know that I love marketing and specifically I love direct-to-consumer type marketing strategies. Um, but one of the things that I also enjoy is horror movies and Tom Malloy uh, actually, um, he had a great conversation with a gentleman named Michael Joy, and Michael Joy is the CEO of uh, Marketing Macabre. Um, it's a marketing company. It's made specifically for marketing horror movies. So, you know, whether or not you've made it in any horror movie, um, I think it's safe to say that, you know, learning how to market, learning how to make your product, your project, rise above the noise and get noticed is, is like job number one. Um, that helps you if you decide to self-distribute, but it also helps you if you decide to go after um, more of a traditional distribution deal because if you can bring something to the table, that gives you some room for negotiation. So um, I, I'm really excited to be able to share this with you. So uh, taking it away, uh, you're going to be listening to uh, Tom Malloy and Michael Joy. Okay, welcome, Michael. Thank you for uh, coming on to Filmmaking Stuff podcast, and uh, you know, thanks for being here and talking about what you know. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tom. I mean, you know, I religiously follow you know your um, mm -hmm. filmmaking stuff YouTube channel, and I mean, it's informative. I mean, I learn stuff all the time that I don't know. Great. Oh, geez. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you rock. Um, now that you did the paid advertisement that I wrote you, and you read the script perfect, <laughs> by the way. No. Um, <clears throat> I just, so let's talk, I mean, especially about, well, first off, let's tell us what you do and your relation to horror films and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just so everybody knows exactly. Okay. So my relationship with the horror genre goes back about 13 years now. Um, basically, it all started out with um, horrornews.net. Um, so, you know, I, I've been manager of that site for, you know, all that time. Um, but that kind of spiraled into a lot of other opportunities. Um, and one of the biggest opportunities is kind of what I do right now. Um, I started my own marketing company specifically for the horror genre called Marketing Macabre. Um, and it's kind of taken on a life, a life of its own. And, uh, you know, thankfully, um, I'm able to help filmmakers and, uh, you know, independent horror artists kind of get their word out for their projects that um, at an affordable price that they haven't really had before. So what do you see, especially in the new kind of, uh, I guess, atmosphere or new market of uh, VOD and, and uh, platforms everywhere? What do you see as one of the keys for marketing horror films specifically? Okay, well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you know, I think marketing starts way before the film is even done. Right. I mean, if you're a filmmaker, I mean, you should start thinking about how you're going to market your film before you even make your film. Uh, and I mean, that goes for horror genre, science fiction, that goes for anyone, really. Um, and I mean, basically what I mean by that is um, I'm a big 
um, advocate of multiple press releases, um, just like, you know, hitting the ground running with as much as you can. Uh, a lot of people just want to throw everything into one press release. You know, I, I don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket and just release everything at one time. I mean, for me, you're just, um, you're, you're just killing it at that point. You know, mm -hmm. everything has to be, you know, strategic, you know, everything has to be, um, you know, kind of put out there in, you know, little dollops, you know, from before you start, from during production, and then from afterwards. Um, and then, you know, if you put enough out there, I mean, you know, you're going to see results. And so a film, like, let's just say a film comes to you and it's a horror film. And so what do you, what do you do specifically for the film? And that's, and follow the question is after you, you answer that is what's the best stage for a film to engage your services basically. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, um, I've taken on films that have already been complete. Mm -hmm. And then I, I've, you know, helped films out that haven't even started production yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, um, I'll tell you, um, I mean, if I can, can I drop some names and, and things like that? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. As long as they don't mind okay. being out so, of public. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for instance, um, a gentleman that you're familiar with, um, uh, Tom Walton. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, he just got a Lionsgate deal with Room 9. Yeah. And yeah. he is, um, he's about to shoot um, the sequel to Room 9. So with Tom, like he, he hopped on board before he even shot the movie. So I was doing press releases with, um, as soon as he got like an attachment, mm. we sent a press release out and said, Kane Hodder is attached to this movie. You mm. know, we sent another press release out saying, okay, Michael Behrman is attached to this movie, you know? And then, you know, we continued the trend, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm working with an uh, um, independent filmmaker called Mario Cerrito. He did, um, he's doing a, a cannibal movie called um, Human Hibachi. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> so every weekend he shoots. Mm -hmm. Basically, I get, um, I get stills from the production and we put out press right after like that Monday or Tuesday after the weekend with stills from the production basically getting it out there on different horror sites and, and whatnot that, you know, you know, here's some exclusive stills, you know, from human hibachi. And then, you know, you know, we basically, you know, get a lot of coverage there. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, a movie that's complete. Um, uh, another, um, a couple of people, you know, the Jabber brothers, yeah. uh, yeah. they just, um, they just have a movie uh, released on Mind Games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we put the word out there. Um, one, I, I go through like a lot of, um, a lot of horror sites, but then also, um, you know, it's picked up internationally as well. Mm -hmm. um, Britflix YouTube channel um, picked up the trailer for Mind Games and they already have like 64,000 views. It's like the number three um, trailer on their channel. Wow. So, I mean, you know, this is just a, a, you know, a couple examples of, you know, before production with um, some attachments, during production with like stills from, you know, 
that weekend, you know, and, and what they shot. Um, and then like, you know, after the fact, you know, you know, putting stuff out there about like, you know, it's now available on VOD. Um, so, I mean, basically you start at any stage. If you ask me, I mean, earlier is better. If you can start the press, you know, you know, as soon as you're getting attachments, you know, getting the word out that you're going to be making this film. I mean, that's only going to get your momentum going that much earlier. Right. Is there something specific like, you know, you mentioned obviously attachments and, um, you know, stills and things like that, like meaning what's <clears throat> the ones that you felt the most success for that got the most pickups and um, the most kind of action, so to speak, press wise, was there any trends that you saw? Was it, did it have to do solely on attachments? Did it have to do with a certain type of genre, you know, cannibal movies, anything like that? What could you, what kind of tips could you give there? Well, I mean, of course, uh, everyone can't always have name talent. Of course. But if you can, if you can afford to get someone in the horror genre mm -hmm. um and that and that might only cost you like one thousand or two thousand dollars to get someone who has a name in the in the horror industry from like you know maybe like you know in some movies from the 70s or 80s or 90s yeah. you know i mean if you can if you can put a little bit towards a name i find that like you know films that have names attached probably do the best you know as far as you know um websites and podcasts um that that you know pick them up mm -hmm. um places that want to review the movie um places that want to interview the cast or the director mm -hmm. um it, it's going to be those movies that have those attachments yeah. um if you can't get the attachment then what i tell people is like if you have no names attached then make sure that you have some fantastic artwork because yeah. I mean, that goes a long way, you mm -hmm. know, make sure your assets are tight, you know. Um, I mean, there, there are so many things like you can release. I mean, you know, you can, you can release lobby cards. Um, remember, um, I remember when Sin City was released, mm -hmm. you know, they did lobby cards and they like, I think they had one for each character, you know, you mm -hmm. can do multiple posters, you know, I mean, you can do, do a teaser trailer do trailer number one trailer number two do stills do behind the scenes stuff there's like um you know do attachments um there's like 10 different things off the top of my head i can think about for just reasons to put out a press release you know um being all that all that kind of thing so i mean okay. there's there's always going to be a reason to you know put your project out to the public Got it. Got it. So now is there a, um, do, do you advise people to hold off on IMDb listing or anything like that? Or does it matter specifically to horror? Because I know in, in the past, sometimes films that uh, people said, hold off, don't do IMDb yet, you know, because that almost like, you know, blows the load, so to speak, as far as the original press release goes, or it doesn't matter as much with horror. I don't know what I'm asking. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't see, um, I don't see a difference from my perspective either way Okay. Um, when, when doing the press for the movie. Um, because I mean, you know, I, I mean, it, it is out there on IMDb, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone sees it. You know, I mean, once you get press out there and then you start getting on like, you know, Bloody Disgusting, Dread Central, HorrorNews.net, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, horror society, horror fix. Um, I mean, the great thing is that the horror genre is, is have, have like is so dedicated that there are like hundreds and hundreds of horror sites that you can get on. Um, I mean, you can't really say the same for like a drama, you know? I mean, what's the top drama movie websites, you know? Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, the horror websites, I mean, yep. it's like, boom, you know, there's so many and they're, you know, filled with so many dedicated fans running them and going to them to, to get the news. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's really the great thing about, you know, oh. being polarized and doing like specific um, marketing just for the horror genre. Yeah, being niche. Yeah, and genre oriented. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good point. I might have cut you off there at the end, but uh, no, it's yeah. fine. I, they have always been my favorite fans, without question. Uh, you know, that's I remember when I made my film Screamers. I said right before I, I, I tell this story, I didn't even have a horror movie on my kind of radar. I had another film that I was developing, and um, I was at a Halloween uh, hayride with my young daughter at the time. And I just watched the people reacting to the guy with the chainsaw with no chain and, you know, screaming, but then laughing. And I just remembered how great the fans were. And I said, I, I decided, I posted on Facebook. I just decided right now I'm making another horror movie. And uh, that was in October, <laughs> mid-October. By November, I had the financing. We were shooting in February and that became Hashtag Screamers, which I love that movie. So uh, it's it, it was truly for the fan, you know, like a lot of times I've just, again, experienced them being the best of all the fans. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's one thing, you know, you, you can't fun. go wrong. Um, you know, I mean, of course, you can make any kind of movie you want. But when you make <laughs> a horror movie, you know that there is a, a fan base just waiting for it. Yep, they want the content. So let me ask you about film festivals and things like would you suggest, uh, you know, these the filmmakers that are putting their films out there to go do a festival run first to try to get press? Because I guess. Obviously, that could be a newsworthy thing. They get into Scream Fest or the Fright Fest or something like that, um, you know, and that that starts maybe the publicity um, cycle. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the thing is, I mean, you want your film to be as credible as possible, mm -hmm. you know. So, I mean, if you can get a couple of awards under your belt, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, just the bragging rights, you know. Yep. Um, a lot of people are going to see that, you know, um, you know, horror movie one, two, three, one best picture at, you know, whatever the film festival might be, you know, and then if, if they can get like one or two or a couple under their belt, um, I mean, it could draw some more fans. I yeah. mean, so it's definitely, um, it's definitely a reason to put more press out, but, you know, at the same time, it's also a reason, um, you know, that fans might actually see the movie you know, because um, there's so much content out there, yeah. you know, so um, when choosing a movie, I mean, like, you know, you're choosing it on what criteria, you know, okay, mm -hmm. it has an actor I like in it, mm -hmm. okay, if it doesn't, okay, so, wow, it's some really cool artwork, or, you know, hey, look, this movie won a lot of awards, let me check it out, what's the buzz about, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's worth the while, or the trailer's really cool or something like that. But I guess the point that you're making, which is a good point, is that you need to stand out from the crowd, you know, the, and just not be the, the bin of horror movies that's, that's being just kind of put on iTunes or Amazon or something like that. You want to make your film stand out from the crowd, so to speak. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you go on, um, there are so many VOD channels now. I mean, you go on like 
Pluto or Tubi or Amazon or, you know, uh, Shutter or, um, you know, any, any one of many of them. Um, you go to the horror section. I mean, you have a lot of, um, a lot of things to choose from. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what, what makes one stand out from another, you know? So, I mean, you know, it all goes back to have quality assets, have, you know, something that, like you said, makes you stand apart from everyone else. Interesting. So have you done it where you've gotten behind a film and that attracted a sales agent or a distributor from the press of the movie? Um, I mean, I think I've helped. I mean, indirectly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I believe, um, you know, what, what I've told a lot of people and what a lot of people have, um, you know, have taken me up on my suggestion is, you know, when they are making like a pitch deck or, or they're making like, you know, a website um, to, to definitely put out there. Because I mean, a lot of these movies are without distribution. So mm -hmm. they, um, you know, they put together like all the um, uh, press that they've gotten, all the interviews that they've done. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that like, if you're a distributor mm -hmm. and I mean, I know there's a lot of different criteria that you look at, but I mean, if you're looking at a film um, that has gotten a lot of press already, um, I mean, that might be, you know, something that sways you from, you know, making uh, the decision to not get the film or the decision to, you know, pick up the film and have it be part of your brand. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I think, um, you know, I think the press does help um, not only, you know, draw the fans in, but also draw in um, distributors or depending at what stage you are in, you know, making your film, even, um, you know, draw some investors in. If you're incomplete and you still need some money to make the film, um, you know, show your investors in a pitch deck that, you know, hey, this film's hot. This film is, you know, already getting um, press on, you know, uh, you know, top websites in the United States and, in, in uh, you know, worldwide. So yeah. that's interesting. Let me ask you this. And this is a, a just a, I don't know if this is the answer is yes or not. Is there ever a chance to give kind of a second life to a movie? What if a film's been released and didn't go crazy? You know, is there a chance to give somewhat of a second life? And I'm not talking about two years later. I'm talking about, you know, within a couple months or so to bring you on if you feel like, you know, the, the, what do you think about that? Is that something that you've ever attempted or? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm actually really glad you asked that question because I mean, yeah, there's always, um, there's always opportunity because right. Six months down the line, I mean, you might have just, um, maybe your, your film's been out there, but maybe six months down the line, um, you just created some more assets that like, you know, people don't know about, you know, mm -hmm. you've just um, uncovered some behind the scenes stuff, you know, that you want, you want fans to see, and that'll draw some more um, eyes to the movie. You know, maybe um, you just signed on with another, um, uh, streaming site, yeah. you know, and maybe you want to tell everyone about that, you know, six months down the line. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, it's a year or two later and Halloween's coming around, uh -huh. you know, and maybe your movie 
you know, takes place during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always, you know, obviously you're going to get more press when the movie's new, when the movie's hot, when it's fresh. But, I mean, don't give up. Got you it. know, I mean, you can still promote that movie six months, a year, two years down the line. And, I mean, you could still get some um, um, repeat um, press on that, yeah. you know, because, I mean, like, movies, I mean, once they're done and they're out there, mm-hmm. I mean, they just don't go away in a year or two, you know, keep sure. trying to find ways to sway people towards your movie, you know, come up with mm-hmm. new, exciting ideas, um, you know, always you know, think outside the box. And, and I mean, like, yeah, you know, I, I love gimmicks, you know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk a little bit about like, about gimmicks, because like, you know, uh, you know, I was watching some, you know, older movies, and it's something that like, you really don't see too much these days. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, I mean, like, you know, if your movie was 3D, you know, uh, and I'm talking about like, you know, way back 50s and 60s, you know, and then like it came back in around the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that was a good marketing tool, you know, and I mean, it may, you know, I don't think it really draws anyone today, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I mean, if you can find that like little gimmick, that little something okay. um, that sets your movie apart. Yeah. Um, I was watching a movie the other day. Um, it's like from the early 90s. It was um, Matinee with John Goodman. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like, you know, he goes to a theater and like basically um, it, it takes place in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he installs, he's like showing like, you know, this like, you know, B movie. He installs like these buzzers in the seat, you know, and when they're showing the movie, you know, at a certain time, they hit the button, all the seats buzz. And then it's time like they release like, you know, the um, someone dresses for going up and down the aisle, you know, I mean, obviously, we really don't get like the theatrics like that these days in the movie theater. But oh, man, I mean, it was so cool because hey. like, you know, I mean, if you go back like, you know, decades, I mean, people were trying some crazy stuff like that. I I just went to a Regal 4D theater with my kids to see Black Widow and the seats were like a roller coaster. I mean, like the seats are going like this the entire time. Every time there's an explosion, the seats rock. And they had it oh, for wow. certain movies where it shoots water at you when there's water involved. Oh. But this wasn't working in Black Widow. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe there wasn't a water scene. But um, it was crazy. I mean, it was just so fun to have a different experience in the theater like that, you know. And but that was the theater marketing, and not Black Widow specifically. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. But I mean, still, I mean, in the game of marketing movies and marketing the the experience, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's cool to have those gimmicks. Whether yeah, you're not going to have that 4D at your house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Michael, it's great to talk to you on here. Always good to talk to you and get updates. And um, yeah, man, hopefully uh, continued success on Marketing Macabre. People still hopefully continue to be making great horror and uh, and scaring fans like us, <laughs> giving us new experiences. It was so great talking to you. Awesome, Michael. 
I just wanted to uh, chime back in here. This is Jason Brubaker again. Um, thank you so much, Tom Malloy and Michael Joy, for coming by. Uh, very, very informative. So uh, if you caught all of that, um, check out the YouTube channel. And uh, until next time. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.